Hey, y'all, before we get started, if you haven't connected with us over on Instagram or Twitter, it is at NFTs, number four, newbies. Again, NFTs for newbies. We post a lot of behind the scenes stuff, some extra tips and tricks and education around this crazy world of Web3 and NFTs. Find us on Instagram or Twitter, NFTs for newbies. Look, are you interested in investing or collecting NFTs, but are overwhelmed with all the information? Heather and I were true, true NFT newbies. We're going to break it down as we're learning, as we wander unafraid into the world of digital art. Listen, y'all, we're going to cure you of your FOMO, mildly educate you and give our unqualified opinions and hopefully have a lot of laughs along the way. Everyone, welcome back to NFTs for Newbies. Did you know we're the number one NFT podcast in the world? If you didn't know, now you know. Check the rankings yourself. Go to Chartable right now. But we got Q Harrison today, or QT. You go by QT? Yeah, I mean, NFT QT is what a lot of the NFT people know me oh. as. But, you know, I my full name's Q Harrison Terry. And, you know, you can call me Q, Q Harrison, whatever. Q. Well, right before this, I was on Twitter and I saw that you started doing some video in addition to your show. So good good on you for that. How's the YouTube show going? We're in day four or five of it. So we're just migrating a lot of our existing user base over to the platform. We started off a little bit slower because obviously video is a lot different. It's cumbersome. It's very technical and we're still finding our way. So we didn't want to send people yeah. to a destination that, you know, we weren't, didn't know what we were doing. But the the show has been phenomenally received via video and we're getting all types of comments and engagements and in that regard, just privately. So we're going to start making that migration over to that channel. And obviously, you'll still be able to listen to the NFT QT podcast, but mm-hmm. I'm going to be focusing on video in 2022. That's awesome. And you know, uh, people are just so hungry for this knowledge. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of terms getting thrown around and people just feel super overwhelmed and confused, especially the newbie community. And you're a futurist, which is such a badass term, title. But you know, I was just telling you before, I, I feel as though there's a lot of fear around the future with NFTs and Web3 and all that for people who don't really understand what it means. Because when there's the unknown, when there's questions, a lot of times fear comes in of like, is our world changing? Like, Are we still going to lose human contact? What's my business going to be like? And so forth. So you're a futurist. When you see the future of NFTs, what are you seeing right now? How can you come in and paint a light for our listeners? No, for sure. I like to think of myself as as pretty much an observer and a practitioner in the NFT space. Definitely a future thinker to, to your point there. But, you know, I tell everyone, you know, I wrote the NFT handbook mainly because If I had a guide or I needed something that would just teach me all the fundamental knowledge around like, you know, what are the terms? What's a blockchain? What's a wallet? Where can I go? Like, what's the marketplaces? How can I collect these things? How can I create it? I wrote the NFT handbook just so that way you could have a baseline that you could reach. And then now when you start to go along in your journey and you want to go dive deep into, you know, PFP NFTs, or if you want to go into access NFTs, or you want to go into a new world, like I'm seeing ASMR NFTs, right? Like there's so many different types of NFTs to be explored, but you need a baseline understanding. So I I would suggest, you know, to check out the NFT handbook if you have time. Otherwise, you know, we also made it available via audiobook and and we also have uh, nftqt.com as it was earlier mentioned and you know we're posting stuff so that it's approachable day in and day out 
Beyond that, if you're thinking about NFTs, the best way to think about it from my perspective without getting super technical is it's a new file format, right? We understand file formats pretty well because when we think about our transition from the typewriter to the Google, the word processor, right? Like Microsoft Office and even before that, the whole thing is, is like typewriter, it was actual utility. You know, you got a piece of paper. The dot doc, um, which is, you know, how you make a Microsoft Word document, that was in format, transformed everything, right? You can now, you know, send your health records via PDFs. You can go, I mean, we're scanning QR codes and pulling up dot docs when I go to certain restaurants, right? So that file format transformed a lot of people's lives. Knowing that we're in a world where NFTs, if you are not technical, you don't understand it, just think of it as dot NFT. So if you have a digital file, you want to make it immutable. You want to make it so that this is the one of one. You're essentially going to mint it and turn it into an NFT. But just to make this much simpler, it's just a dot NFT. So it's like if you took a photo on your camera and you turn that into an NFT, you're basically making a dot NFT. And when you do that, that digital file can have value. What does value look like? Where does value come from? Those are deeper questions. But essentially, when you see someone sell a board eight for you know a few hundred thousand dollars, it's not because it's the picture. It's because that picture was turned into a dot NFT and then there was value created on top of that. And so that's how I like to explain it to, to people that are first time thinking about it, because I think it's just easier. And then they say, oh, I remember how PDFs changed my lives. Or I remember how uh, the dot MP4, like, you know, I make videos, so yeah. I understand that. And so we understand file formats. And I think that obviously the technical underpinning of NFTs is a lot more complicated than what I just described. But just for a mental model, that seems to help. My parents were here. They live five minutes away. And I was helping my dad with his Zelle, how it's tied to his Wells Fargo. And it was just like kind of ridiculous, right? But I actually know that they know what a JPEG is. I know they know what a PDF is. I know they know what MP4 is, MP3 is. So I think you're right. I've never actually heard it put that way, that if you kind of frame it that way, it might be a little bit more understandable. However, you mentioned a few hundred thousand dollars, a few hundred dollars for newbies, a few thousand dollars for people like me who freak out when they see a crazy tweet. I'm like, I need to jump on this shit now. There's a lot of money involved with these files, right? So when it comes to the future, like this obviously could be a massive revenue stream. And it could also be a black hole for people who are prone to hype or irresponsibility. So like, what are you seeing as a futurist in terms of the way people are interacting or maybe the way their habits are changing because there's so much money tied to this world? Well, I think it's definitely a new industry, right? And what's new about NFTs when I think about the money is you have the rich getting richer. So there's always going to be that. And that is definitely found here. The people that were crypto rich are getting richer because of NFTs. They were able to yeah. take risk and and could afford losses that others might have not been able to, to do because they got on the crypto train later in their journey. But what's fascinating to me about NFTs and, 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 and just the economic situations is you have people that just weren't in great situations being able to create something digitally, turn that into a digital masterpiece, get a community activated behind it and transform not only their lives, but in many cases, their families' lives. And, you know, there's tons of artist stories out there. There's tons of kids on the blockchain too, right? Like I see all the kids yeah. that are out there, 13, 14, 16, 18 even, and making life-changing amounts of money at a time where you're about to start building, you know, an enormous amount of debt. Like college is, is costly. Yeah. And so when we talk about skills, when we talk about, you know, what it, what it takes to, to make it in these, these spaces, 
if you spend a lot of time doing digital native stuff, whether that be creating in the Adobe suite, so Photoshop, Illustrator, et cetera, or it be playing video games and, and knowing how to navigate a Discord community because that's how you spent all your time playing Overwatch, et cetera. Like those skills translate really well into building NFT momentum and, and you know, making money from NFTs. And we're seeing a lot of people that wouldn't really get a chance to ever participate in a technological revolution or an economic revolution be some of the people at the forefront. So I would I would say, one, this is an industry for the first time in a long time where you can get involved. Yes, there's technical aspects or elements, but that's not the entirety of a lot of these situations. A lot of it is just saying, you know, what is the digital good that I think I want to create value around? And, and how do I implement that and communicate that to others? And let's see if we can ride the crypto train. The whole futurist thing, I just love. I just want to sit there for a minute. You know, we are stuck in the present. When I say we, like those of us who are learning about the NFT world, who are new to tech, friend, I was not even thinking anything about all this like six months ago. Like this is all brand new for me. I'm learning so much. And I think a lot of people are in that space where we weren't paying attention to crypto, you know, a few years ago or anything, but now we're kind of being forced to pay attention. Right now we're learning the basics, what you just mentioned, you know, learning about blockchains, learning about wallets, learning about minting on OpenSea or buying from OpenSea or whatever. You're a futurist and you've been in this space for a minute. What are you paying attention to right now? What are you looking at? What are you studying that the rest of the people aren't ready for that you're paying attention to. Let's go. Like, I want to hear. <laughs> when you think the future, what what time period are you wondering? Hey, I would say the next, within the next five years, what are we not anticipating that you see? So the next five years, there's two massive trends that are happening right now. The first trend that I would say is, you know, now that people are up to speed on wallets and, and just digital environments, like the world has gone remote, right? Like I think that we all wanted to return to the office or not all of us, but the majority of us, and especially business owners, would like to have people in the office in, in 2022. doesn't look like that's happening. So the plan changed and you're going to have to really adapt. And it seems like having a agile and, and dynamic workforce that's remote is going to be the trend. Because of that, telepresence is going to have to get elevated. Even like what, how we're recording this, this show, traditionally, this would be in a studio environment. We would be doing all the things that we do, but we've had to upgrade our home studios to, to basically punch at that, that level. And so yeah. now what gets fascinating is you can't have people sitting in seats for you know 12 hours a day. It's not going to be great for anybody. You know, our, our health is going to decline. It's not going to be a good long-term solution. So what people are actively building right now, and I talked a little bit about it in, in chapter nine of the NFT handbook, is the metaverse, right? And so you see right. big, big, big companies like Facebook plowing tons of cash, or I think they're called, called meta now, but meta, formerly known as Facebook, is pouring tons of cash into this, this thing known as the metaverse. You're also seeing big organizations such as Nike, you know, buy smaller shops for astronomical amounts of money to go into yeah. the metaverse. Well, what does the metaverse unlock? It unlocks a digital space where we can, one, collaborate, create, and, and coexist. But I think in that, there's so much that needs to be defined because it's not going to be like going like to a Zoom call, right? Like when we go and do our Zoom thing, we're all meeting and like most people are filling out their emails or getting through emails. Other people are watching, you know, Netflix with the subtitles. Like, you know, a lot of people aren't locked in. And that that's that's what Zoom is. That's Zoom culture. But imagine going to work and working on a project or a problem as if you were playing a video game. 
To some people, that yeah. sounds like the best thing ever. To other people, that sounds like, <laughs> hell no, that sounds like too much work. Well, yeah. we're getting to a space where that probably will be true in the next two to three years. There will be companies- With Two where, to three years. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Really? Yeah. Heather, let's build our little studio in the metaverse now. You should. It's a great <laughs> idea, right? Because- you know, the people that build those skills right now will be like the people that are winning at NFTs last year and today. I get what you're saying. And I, I do believe that trend to be real. I actually, it's so funny. You made me think I'm looking at my Logitech. I got my DSLR right under that. I got a ring light. Like I didn't need any of this for meetings before. Like what made us have to step it up because we were going to be home so much. I need to step up my camera game. Like who gives a shit in my opinion? But what I actually think the metaverse is doing besides the fact that maybe work will take place there is that it's actually a place to escape. So if I work for you or if I work for Heather, I'm just like, I'm going to the metaverse tonight. And then Heather's going to be like, I saw you in there at two in the morning. Is that why you're doing a bad job today? Like, you know, people will come to, the, to your metaverse of where you're at in the club there and then be like, what were you doing out last night? But I think it's more of an escape. Like, do I have that wrong? Or is it it's an alternate reality that we don't even know exists in our head yet? It definitely is an escape. And, and I think that that escape is necessary for people that don't live in in major cities, right? Like when you think about living in New York or living in LA or living in a major city, you might not need an escape because there's always a nightclub. There's always something to do. There's always a play or a show or a restaurant to attend. But if you're in Wichita, Kansas, you know, you kind of know what's out there and, and things shut down probably earlier than you might like to imagine. Right. And so either you bring the party to your, your house or you go, you know, do what you do always with your friends. But now because of these headsets and the cost that's dropped tremendously, you can throw a headset on and go visit and explore these different worlds at a level that is a little bit beyond what we saw in gaming uh, a few years back. And the crazy thing is the connection, right? Like, you know, in video games, you have a lot of the same archetypes or personas, right? So, you know, you know who plays Madden, you know who plays, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, Halo or, or Call of Duty, like that persona. You, yeah, you said you were you were uh, a Marine. Yeah. Yeah. So you're in the Marines. You you know the gamer crew, right? Like <laughs> your guys that game, like they they look like a certain way, they talk a certain way, and that's like their aesthetic. We actually we put on our uniforms and cami paint on before we play. For for real? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, you have me believing it, Heather. They, like, don't come in here. Heather, it sounds like he's not joking. It sounds like he's he's just embarrassed to admit. Welcome to my life, my friend. Like, uh, yeah. I don't. I think Rich is telling the truth here. That's what I'm confused about is the whole stationary thing. Because you said earlier, like, you know, it's not healthy for us to be at home in this this uh, remote whatever. To me, tell me what I'm missing here. But when I think about going into the metaverse and putting on this thing, I think about being more stationary and not moving at all. Yeah. So when you're thinking about like the metaverse, you're probably thinking about like a headset like such, right? Remember yes, that this, exactly. this headset was probably designed in, in 2018, 2016, right? So mm -hmm. thinking about the spectrum at which designers are designing. We've had like maybe three to four years now where supply chain shortages have, have really, really impacted us. I mean, maybe it's three, not four. But what's fascinating about that is innovation didn't stop. If anything, it got better. And so when we actually catch up to supply, when we actually see chips get restored and um, the balance for just our whole logistics system return to where it, it's a well-being state, what's going to happen is the technology, the things that we have to experience going to be mind-blowing. You're already starting to see it in some cases. Like Samsung, have you seen their folding phones yet? Yes. That's yeah. crazy technology. Yeah. Like imagine if you had a folding iPhone that, like, that could go from an iPhone to an iPad. 
it was probably possible like five years ago. They just couldn't get it to the scale that they needed. But like that device is probably on the timeline for us to see in the next three to four years. And so when you start to think about that, these headsets, there's probably going to be a pass through view where you put on glasses or you put on, you know, goggles that look much better. And that's the way that you interact and engage with the, 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 the virtual worlds. And I think there's also something to be said about, you know, the Apple Watch and, and uh, AirPods, right? Like who says the metaverse has to be something that takes over your peripheral view? Like, I think that there will be audio metaverses. So if you, I mean, we live in a world now where pretty much, I would say for me, especially, I'm wearing headphones like 16 hours a day. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm serious, right? Because if yeah. you think about all the remote calls I'm doing, I have headphones on for that. And then any ancillary activities, like when I'm shopping and or if I'm talking on the phone, like we've forced ourselves to really kind of isolate. I've got like three or four pairs of AirPods, right? Because when one dies, mm-hmm. put it on the charger and just get another one, right? And so when you put those in, you're really unlocking a new world. Hey guys, we're going to take a really quick break to let you know about a course that I went through that I really loved and it's called NFTs Simplified. Now, this is from Sean Spacey who came out with this really short, easy to digest NFT course to help brand new newbies learn the how and why behind NFTs, how to buy NFTs, what in the world is minting phase, secondary market, a little bit about security. I originally connected with Sean because I loved his graphics and the way that he was able to draw out and literally simplify this whole NFT game. And even being in the space for quite a while and understanding some of these basic concepts when I went through the course, I just loved it and actually learned some things. It's linked up in the show notes. It's NFTs simplified and it's only 19 bucks. So click over there, grab the course. If you're like me and you need to see things visually drawn out, Sean's going to help you out. Again, that is NFTs Simplified. I want to make sure we hit your NFT that pretty did pretty decent. Uh, we'll cover that. But if you guys have not heard of this show or watched this or Q before, number one, make sure you join our Discord too. Make sure you hit subscribe. Q, I want to talk about a sports team that you might be familiar with, the Dallas Mavericks. Probably because on your Twitter it says, by day I work alongside... M. Cuban. Okay. Hello, owner of the Dallas Mavericks. The Mavericks have talked about, or at least one of the first NBA teams talking about NFTs acting as tickets uh, and things like that. What are you seeing in the professional sports world? And and I feel like the professional sports world adopts fast. We did an episode on NFL uh, giving away tickets. What are you seeing in the sports world and how they're acclimating fast? Well, I mean, NFTs largely started because of the sports world, right? Let's not forget NBA Top Shot, which showed the world what was possible uh, with NFTs beyond like crypto kitties. And I think that the NBA, because they were a first mover and they saw, you know, the revenue and the hype and the excitement and the, the personas that were engaging, ultimately wanted to to get more involved. Obviously, I, I can't speak too much on uh, my employer and all that stuff. But yes, yeah. by day, I, I do work with Mark Cuban. Evan, real quick for anyone, Top Shots and Q, back me up. Top Shots, I only found out about those I think a year ago in February. And I was going to a podcast in Jersey City and the dude who opened up the space for us was like, 
hey, dude, you got to get on Top Shots. I'm like, I don't even know you. What are you talking about? And he's like trying to show me on his phone. He's like, it captures moments like a, like an alley-oop or someone taking a three-pointer and it captures, it's like a moment and you could buy that moment. But essentially, it was kind of an introduction to NFTs. It, it was not a PFP. It was not a profile. It was not art. It was literally the NBA collaborating with Top Shots and it was capturing a moment of a game of a person of something and you could purchase it. Do I have that right? Yeah, yeah. The way I think about Top Shot is like contemporary basketball trading cards. That's yeah. really what it is, right? Yep. It's just, you know, if think about a, a, a basketball trading card, what would that look like today? And, you know, obviously it's going to have gifts. It's going to move. It's going to be 3D to some extent. And, and that's yeah. where we are with it. All right. Well, we do something really fun at the end of the show. It's kind of random, kind of out there. It's called a pod deck. But before then, uh, where can people connect? Oh, with wait, you? we got to ask about his NFT, Heather. You don't know. About and it. find out about your NFT. <laughs> Which NFT? The World Star. Oh, okay. Yeah. So... World Star Hip Hop. I'm sure a lot of us have have come to be acclimated with the world of World Star. And I was able to work with Danny over there on the World Star Hip Hop chain. And it was a fun experience. You know, it was, we did it really, really fast. I think that whole project came together in less than 14 days from idea to inception to sale. And, you know, it was at a very early point in the whole NFT journey, right? Like World Star yeah. was probably one of the first brands of that nature to do an NFT and and really to 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 move that that project for 121 ETH, you know, that was the final sale and price on the bid. Um it took a lot, but you know, we 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 made it happen and you know, I think everybody was happy. How come we haven't done any more things like that that are dropping 120 ETH? Who's to say I haven't, right? It's just that, you know, sometimes Ooh, that uh I think in that one, it was very public because they didn't, we didn't have anything. So I had to like kind of, yeah. you know, put everything together and see it all through. But, you know, I've been selling NFTs since 2015. I started one of the first marketplaces for NFTs. It was called 23Vivi. It was on the Bitcoin blockchain. So um, okay. I've had a lot of experience here. And, you know, that's what led me to writing the book because I've, I've thought about a lot of this stuff. Like, how do you sell digital files? What do people do with it? You know, what what do they look like? How do they envision it? You know, how do you build a true collector base? And so... Um, today, I've I've been working still in the NFT realm and still have some notable transactions. I'm just a little bit more behind the scenes. Okay. Well, I can't wait to see what you come up with. So make sure you pick up the NFT handbook over on Amazon, also nftqt.com, where you can check out his podcast and now up on YouTube. Is there anything I missed there that you'd like to promote, Q? No, no. I mean, I think if you want to learn about NFTs, I try to make it just very, very easy. I think that, you know, NFT literacy is something that we all need to get ahead of now, because if you had gotten ahead of, you know, the dot doc or Microsoft Word in the early days, that was a competitive advantage. Remember like resumes? Remember people would say, oh, I'm proficient in Microsoft Word. I can type (laughs) at, you know, 60 words per minute or whatever it was. Like the crazy thing is I'm still young, but like, I remember that era of work, you know, there's going to be an era in our lifetimes where people are going to ask you, you know, how valuable are the things that you create digitally? And, you know, you might get graded on a scale to some extent because of that. So designers, creators, like, you know, having proficiency in this NFT world is going to matter a lot if you want to be a part of the creator economy. I'm just trying to imagine if I had some Photoshop skills or Premiere Pro, which I have some, you know, negligible skills, but I could still do it. If I was going in to apply for a job and I was like, 
I also noticed that your social media is doing pretty decent, but you guys are missing out on an opportunity on NFTs. I've saw this on your social media and this that could be turned into NFTs. I could actually have this kind of utility that could bring in more business. Like that's like slam dunk interview. I mean, give me a break. So I love that point. And yes, Heather, I got the pod deck questions. So here's our random. What do we got? What we got? Yeah, we got this. Where do you go when you need to blow off some steam? This is a simple one. Where do I go to, to blow off steam? Like, is there any rules or just answer these questions? No, nah, man, go ahead. Anything. Uh, I, mean, for, I mean, for me, like, I, I, like to, I like to drive. I'm a car collector and, you know, I, I just drive a lot. Which vehicle do you pick when you're like, all right, I'm going? So I've bought a lot of cars, but I only keep two cars at a time. Uh, I think okay. it's beyond two cars, things, life just gets mad complicated. And so <laughs> I'm just yeah. like, you know, I'm one person. I can I can't drive two cars at the same time, but I can I can indulge in two. I feel like that's a safe mm-hmm. bet. My go to just dr- I just got in the trucks, so uh, I'm late to the truck game. But you know, I'm 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 now tricking out a truck. I've got the Hyundai Santa Cruz, um, okay. and it's four wheel drive, and it looks like super futuristic, and it's got all the bells and whistles. And so that car or, or truck is is something that you know I'm I'm, I'm a big fan of, but. Uh, currently, like I guess I would say my, my favorite car is the Toyota Supra, the the, the latest model. So, I'm a, yeah, you, 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 I can't not think of Fast and Furious when I hear a Toyota Supra. <laughs> I mean, it's a fast car, super fast. So those are my two right now. Thank you, man. Uh, well, Q, thank you so much. Newbies, uh, definitely check him out. You already heard him. We'll make sure it's in the show notes. You can check out the handbook. You can check out uh, his show on YouTube. Check out his Twitter, but check us out. You know, you already need to be in our Discord, so get in there. Q, what are you leaving us with at the end of this awesome show? What do you got? On February 22nd, I want you to tune into CNBC. We've got a new show coming out. It's called No Retreat. It's all about, you know, learning how to build a business from scratch. Um, it's a business boot camp style show. But it's wow. myself, Joe DeSena, and Dr. Laura Pence. And what we're going to do is we're going to take businesses and transform them. So like in real time. Um <laughs> And it's it's crazy, but that's gonna be on CNBC February twenty second. So if you want, yeah, you guys want to <laughs> yeah. watch that? You know, I think that that would be cool. I mean, obviously, uh, you'll you'll get to see because you asked me earlier in the show. You know, what do I do? This is one of the first times where I actually am gonna show people what growth marketing looks like and some of the questions that I do. And you know, how do you take a company from you know zero to a hundred thousand, or how do you take a company from you know ten thousand to a million? Like, you know, it's something. That I do. And people always wonder, like, what does Q do? Like, what does his day job look like? Well, thanks to CNBC, we'll be showing it to you. So check it out February 22nd. 